0: Oh, come
2: in, boy. Sit down now. What do I call you? Never mind, I'm a busy man. Look, I'm an Asian. Who are you? i right for them, sir. Uh, you'll have to change it. What have you got, then? Is it commercial? If not, why not? I've got a tune, sir. It's a song, and you're not got any Ah, words. is it R&B, folk, minuet, govart? Who cares? So let's hear it. Can you whistle? Well, I've brought along a few friends to play it for Ah, you. good. Well, give us your song, then. Come on, swing it. Let's Ah, 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 well, that's a load of old rubbish, is it? <laughs> and mind you, you never can tell. Tchaikovsky does it. Why not you? Of course, the arrangement's wrong. What's in there? Twenty violins, ten violas, eight cellos, four basses and a brass section. Try it on guitar. <laughs> da, that's more like it. That's more like it. Now, jazz it up a bit. Come on, jazz it up. Give it a bit of rhythm. That's good. It's, good. it's good. It's good. It's coming. It's coming. Hey, I'll tell you what's wrong. What? the tune. Um, try it going up. Try it going up. <laughs> I like... Yes, it's coming. It's coming. Wait a minute. I've got it. I've got it.
3: Once again, the Ludwig van Prun tune spotlights the talents of Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, and Bilodi. And here, towering under the microphone, is your own, your very own, John Otto Cleese. It I'm sorry. I'll read that again. Again. <laughs> Ah, oh, I love to be alone in the country. John. Yes. I'm with you. <laughs> I love to be alone in the country.
4: But, but John, you brought me with you.
3: I didn't. You hid in the back.
4: <laughs> but you must have noticed. Not
3: at all. It's a very large tandem. <laughs> but,
4: but John, when we fell off going down the. You must have seen me.
3: Uh, I thought you were a hitchhiker.
4: But I'm your wife. You must have recognized me.
3: Uh, I didn't marry. Why not? Well, because you were disguised as a cactus.
4: Oh, John. Why don't you admit it? You you don't love me anymore.
3: All right, I admit it.
4: <laughs> John. We had something that was pure and wonderful and, and and good. What's happened to it?
5: You spent it all. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's all that matters to you, isn't it? Money. I despise you. Do you hear me? I hate you. I don't know how I've been able to stand it. I, I, I suppose it's because I love you. I don't know. I do love you, John. I, I love you more than I can say. I, I need you, John. I. Please, John, don't look at photographs of nude women while I'm talking to you.
3: Oh, All right, but... Uh... Don't
4: beat about the bush.
3: Well, I was only looking for pheasants.
4: John. John. Try to love me.
3: No, Mary, it, it's no good. You somehow managed to hurt everyone you love.
4: Well, I'll take the cactus skin off.
3: Look, there's something I've been meaning to tell you. What? Cardinal Richelieu died in 1642.
4: <laughs> oh. all right, so Mother was wrong. <laughs> but can't we forget the past? I mean, that's all history now. Don't let's dig it up again. You
3: never liked me being an archaeologist, did you?
4: I never said that.
3: You'd have been happier if I'd sharpened knives or or... sold ferrets. Keep George out of this. No. (laughs) I'm not going to keep George out of this. If you had to have a lover, why did it have to be a ferret seller? (laughs) Blasted ferrets all over the house for months. Why couldn't it have been the budgerigar man? These budgerigars can sing beautifully. I can still remember waking up in the morning and hearing all those ferrets singing. (laughs) It used to drive me mad. Always the same tune.
4: Well, that's all over now. Can't we forget it? I mean... Couldn't we start all over again? I mean, go back and begin from the beginning.
5: I suppose we could try.
4: Please, John.
5: All right.
3: Oh, how I love to be alone in the country. Yeah. <laughs> John, yes?
6: I'm with you.
5: How I love to be alone in the country. Yeah. But,
6: John!
3: It's time now for another in the series, Stories from Shakespeare, told by David Pushoff.
5: Hello, children. (laughs) Now, gather round and I'll tell you all a tale. Once upon a time, and not so very long ago... (laughs) There lived in a very cold place called Denmark. A young fellow by the name of Hamlet. He lived with his mother, Elsie, and his wicked stepfather, Norman, in a great big palace called Elsie North. Now, Hamlet was a good boy and loved his mother. But he was very jealous of his wicked stepfather, the king of Denmark, no less. And so, one day, Hamlet decided to do away with his wicked stepfather. And that night, he told his mother about it. She was astounded. (laughs) Oi, oi, she cried. this, my little boy. But Hamlet had made up his mind already, and so and so he cunningly got hold of some deadly undetectable poison from the delicatessen on the corner, and put it in a glass of wine. But who should drink the wine but his own mama? What confusion... People running to and fro, as like as not. <laughs> and Hamlet's girlfriend, Ophelia, jumping in the river. <laughs> and did she have problems? <laughs> so, and so Hamlet... Hamlet picked up a sword with a poisoned point, which was lying around, and stabbed his wicked stepfather. But it just wasn't his lucky day. Hamlet accidentally scratched himself with the poison sword. And that was that. Well, children, next week I'll tell you the story of Macbeth. Another murder story. And nobody murders stories like I do.
3: We are now interrupting the program with news of an unhappy event. We are deeply grieved to announce that tomorrow at 12 o'clock midday, the Earth is due to be destroyed by falling into the sun. (laughs) First, the Prime Minister's reaction. (laughs) The nation as a whole is taking the news calmly. Mm. Since Since the Earth is due to be destroyed at midday, tomorrow will be a day of mourning. reactions from Fleet Street over to what the papers say. Well, several of today's papers lead with the story of the world's destruction. Typical headlines of the mirrors.
2: Wow, which bikini weather?
3: And, uh, and the express?
2: Save our
6: royal family. <laughs>
3: Owing to the news of the world's impending destruction, the BBC announces a change in its programs for tonight. At nine o'clock, the Prime Minister will address the nation. If he can be found in time. <laughs> And now, in place of our advertised program, 24 hours, we have a special program, 12 hours.
5: <laughs> and first of all, we've been asked to ask you not to panic. Panic!
7: Panic! 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 panic.
5: And now, sport. Over to the president of the FA.
3: The two semifinals of the FA Cup have been brought forward and will be played at 8 o'clock this evening.
5: The final will be played at 10.30 tomorrow morning. There'll be no extra time. <laughs> well, while we were hearing that report, a listener has rung in to say that he's just heard the last cuckoo. And now...
2: And now, Darcy Fitch. When he heard the news today, walking down Tottenham Court Road with his banner, Mr. Fred Peer, chairman of the End of the World Is it Hand Society, died of shock.
3: <laughs> and that is the end of the news. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll read that again. That is the news of the end. (laughs) There are plenty of songs about the joys of eating. But how about a song to help people slim? Here from Bill Audie and the Boys is a cautionary tale.
2: He some teeth the other day, and he was so excited he got carried right away. He was chewing day and night, chomping everything inside. He even made the furniture and off a dog as well. I tell you, Uncle Henry, in on the and all the way. He was up to 16, slow, and as a rule, he's only eight. When we rolled him on the scale, it's little face went pale. And a tiny voice inside was heard to Mama, and he fainted. Take it all, baby, I'll oh, it all. When she needed stuffing instead of eating muffins She'd have one of those rules And when you bite into the crust, there's nothing But our oh, Lulu Got our diet She's a went astray She started eating bread and bones and grew a bit each day So one night in her dance, she showed such a vast expanse That as she went to drop the lot, she heard a fella say Take it off, take it off, take it on.
6: Up for two. And okay. everybody knows okay. nice you're
3: Among the desolate Yorkshire Moors stands an ominous cluster of greystone buildings, whose walls have withstood the ravages of the centuries. Oh. <laughs> From this grim fortress, none have ever been known to escape. For this is Grimbody Keep, one of England's largest public schools.
6: <laughs>
3: this is the setting for today's classic story: Tim Brown's School Days. <laughs>
7: Grimbody Keep. What happy memories I carry in my heart of that grey, moss-covered, crumbling ruin. The headmaster, Mr. Thatcher.
6: <laughs>
7: I I recall the friends of my youth who stood beside me in times of trouble and never lifted a finger to help. Oh, and I I remember Betty, the milkmaid, who was so dear to all of us boys, though only half price to the masters. <laughs> One of my happiest recollections is of cooking by an open fire till I was quite done on both sides. <laughs>
6: oh,
7: oh, golden memories indeed, but let me take you back with me to that moment long ago when I stood a fresh-faced apple cheeked young lad before the gates of Grimbody Keep for the very first time. <laughs> I said
2: You rang, sir? I had to. The bell was broken. I am John Brown, the new boy. Well step inside, young He said fellow. I have to keep the door shut on account of the wolves. Surely there aren't any walls out on the moor. Blessy, no, sir. They're inside. Headmaster keeps them for amusement. He sets them on the matron every now and again. I see. Are you one of the masters here? Blessy, no, sir. Well, what is your position? I'm usually hunched up like this. First of all, you must go and see Mr. Thatcher, the headmaster. You like him. He's a regular gentleman. Takes castor oil twice a day. Now, 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 come here. This is his study, so in you go and good luck. <laughs> come in,
6: come in, whoever you are. Ha, 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 ha.
7: He chortled. Come in, dear boy. He said. Come in. He repeated.
3: (laughs) Shut the door behind you. We don't want Brutus to escape, now do we?
2: Is Brutus your dog?
3: No, he's the Latin master. (laughs) Well, well, what a clean-limbed, healthy young lad you are, to be sure. But we'll soon put that right. Now then, what's your name?
4: Tim Brown,
3: sir. Brown, eh? Well, I'm sure we'll be chums. You live in room 13. It's a single room. But I'm afraid you'll have to share. Still, I'm sure you won't mind.
7: The other 25 don't.
3: (laughs) That
6: night,
7: I lay awake looking through the dormitory window and wishing I was inside.
6: Oh, next... (laughs) Next
7: morning, it was time for our history lesson with old Mr. Totteridge, who was a little hard of hearing.
6: Uh, Ah,
7: ah, good morning,
6: boys. Good morning, morning.
8: Dear, they can't have arrived
6: yet.
8: Uh, well, never mind. I'll carry on with, with, with without them. Yes, that's that's what I'll I'll do. I'll do. I'll carry carry on. That's it. Yes, I'll carry on with with without them. Yes. Please, we're here. Uh, oh, there, there you are. Ah, I I was going to carry on with, with without you. You know. But as you as you're here, I I I, uh, I won't bother. Goodbye. <laughs> Tell us about it in the Congress. Ah, ah, yes. Oh, there was a great lady. My. uh, I knew, knew her, knew her, you know, knew her, you know. She was. A very good, good, uh, she was a very, I, she was a very, absolutely marvelous. She was a very, very good friend, a friend of mine, and I was say, taking her, I, I will remember, I was taking her to, to, to day, I, I was going to take her to dinner one night, and I, I,
7: I'm not boring you, am
8: I?
6: <laughs>
7: It was two hours later when we filed out of the classroom. It took us that long to get through the bars.)
6: as, as, we, re- <laughs> no,
7: no, as we returned to schoolhouse, a freckled-faced young lad took my elbow and ran off with it. <laughs> I, I caught up with him and he introduced himself.
2: "Hello, my name's Dobkins Minor. You must be Tim Brown, the new boy. Let's slope off to the top shop. I expect Mrs. Greystone will be glad to meet you.
6: <laughs> Where's up? Come on." The school
7: truck shop was a wonderland to my youthful gaze, full of marvellous sweeties who sat around in their underwear. Mrs. <laughs> Greystone produced two huge cakes, one chocolate and one strawberry. I had a bit of the chocolate, and Dobkins had a bit of the other.
6: <laughs> so,
7: Suddenly, the door burst open and a tall, rugged boy with dark, evil hair and a broken voice swaggered in. It was Flashman, the school bully. Sir, what are we here? What's our name, Pipsqueak? Tim Brown. Can
3: you fight Brown? No, but I can see red. (laughs) That's not very funny. Well, I'm rather nervous.
2: Look here, Flashman. I'm not going to let you hit Brown before my face.
3: All right, I'll hit your face first. (laughs) Uh, Come on, Brown. No, no, fighting
7: is wicked. No, it isn't. It is the way I fight. Take that. Oh! ah, oh. Wait, bit my nose. That's not fair.
3: (laughs) Right, you're in for a good hiding. I'll put you in the broom cover. They'll never find you there.
4: Now, come along, boys. I've made some tea, so why don't you have a cup and say you're sorry? Believe me, when you tasted it, you will
7: be sorry All right, I apologize, Brown. With that, Flushman spun on his heel, drilling a neat hole in the floor, through which he fell. (laughs) I was moved by his apology, but something he said as he left made me doubt his sincerity.
6: I'm a liar! But
7: no sooner had he left than a red-faced, well-built man entered. I knew at once that this was none other than Rudyard Kipling. But I was wrong.
8: Good. It's Mr. Trimfettle, the games master. Yes, I say, hello, Mrs. is G. I say, I'm sorry to bother you and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a little short of cash. I wonder, could I touch you for five bob? <laughs> you see, the trouble is we're playing Harrow or rugby Rugger or soccer on Saturday. Or it may be cricket. Anyway, point is, point is, we haven't got a team, you see, and I'm in a terrible state and I just don't know what to do with myself. Please, sir. Don't say it. Uh, I can play Rugger. Can I? say hey, that's first rate. Now. Now, look. I... Now, look, I suppose we'll need one or two other chaps to make up the team. Roger, teams don't wear make-up, sir. No. <laughs> well, I know so little about games. I did extra singing when I was at school.
7: And so we started at once. It was quite a job, as most of the team had never played before. But I hit upon the ruse of putting itching powder in their beds. And they were soon up to scratch. Before, before the match, Flashman gave the team a pep talk. All right, you
3: sniveling bunch of lily-livered poltroons. We'll be playing on our own home ground, so that's an advantage to us, especially with regard to the (laughs)
6: landmines. Now, try
3: to lure them down the pavilion end as much as possible. They can't possibly find their way back through the swamp. (laughs) Well, when you meet Harrow on the field, we're going to go out there and lick them. I know it's unhygienic, but it's only polite.
6: (laughs) All right, lads, uh, go out
3: there and give them all you've got. Ah, oh, Headmaster and Mr. Totteridge. Well, Fashman, I must say, they look a very fine team. Don't you think so, Mr. Topic? Uh
8: What?
6: Uh, oh, yes, a very, very, very fine uh, team. <laughs> there <laughs> they go, Tom. Show them what you're made of.
3: That's not what I meant, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened
6: Happening?
3: the Come not on, school. Come on, school. Look at Tim Brown. Look at him go. <laughs> it's all right, he'll be back in a
6: minute.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, there he is. He's got the ball. He's beaten one man. He's beaten two. My word, he knows how to use that cane. (laughs) He's running down the wing. (laughs) It's an open goal. (laughs) Shoot, man. Shoot, shoot. He's scored.
6: He's (laughs) scored. Well done. Well done.
3: (laughs) He's scored, Mr. Totteridge. He's scored. (laughs) 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 Has (laughs)
6: he (laughs) ever? Hooray.
8: Funny game, (laughs) Canasta.
7: What a match it was. With the cheers of the crowd roaring in our ears, our 11 played like 50. Actually, we were
6: 69.
7: (laughs) After it was over, we were all assembled in the main hall. And after we had been put together again, the headmaster swept in through the door and, putting aside his broom, stepped onto the platform. Boys, I'm very proud to be standing here before you. I never thought I'd sober up in time.
3: (laughs) Today we won the game by 57 goals, nil. A magnificent effort. Pity the other team didn't turn up, but there it
6: is. (laughs)
3: Hero of the moment is, of course, our captain, Tim Brown. And now we'll all sing the school song. I see Mr. Tottridge is at the piano looking immaculate in white tie and tails. Insofar as the piano can look immaculate in white tie and tails. (laughs) Boys, let us sing. a Tune brings to an end another edition of I'm Sorry I Read That Again, which was written this week by Timbrook Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, Eric Idle, and Bill Oddy. Those taking part were Timbrook Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, and Bill Oddy, who also wrote the songs. The music was provided by Dave Lee with arrangements by Leon Cohen, and the whole show was produced by Humphrey Barclay. Uh, no flowers, by request. <laughs> so that's it until the same time next week, when once again, John Otto Cleese will say in stentorian tones... In
8: Stentorian town. <laughs>
6: <laughs>